The Why Me Project, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today. It's amazing to me, Holly, we say all the time that, oh, everybody that we talk to is always so busy. Mm-hmm. And last week when we were supposed to have this happen, uh, Fox and Robert are airport hopping and jumping in cars and they're anywhere and everywhere. So I'm just excited this week, Holly, that we have a chance to finally sit down and have a conversation. Yes, but they are still in the car. Guys, where are we going today? <laughs> <laughs> it's the campaign trail. Fox, Rob, uh, who are you and where did you come from? For those that are listening in for the very first time, uh, collectively, we are Fox and Rob. Uh, we're a formerly incarcerated couple who spent more than 21 years and um, 21 years and four days, to be exact, uh, behind prison walls uh, before receiving clemency in 2018. Uh, we are also the uh, subjects of the uh, Oscar nominated film Time uh, that is now streaming live on Amazon Prime Video. And if you didn't get enough of us in uh, in Time, the documentary, uh, you would actually find the rest of it in Time, the untold story of the love that held us together uh, when, incar- uh, when incarceration kept us apart. It is the uh, untold story of uh, all of those intricacies that were left out in the uh, in the documentary itself. The and, literary uh, companion, if right? you would. Yes, there indeed. you go. <laughs> Can't have one without the other. <laughs> right, no. right. Well, let's just uh, talk about the beginning of your story then. I mean, when I saw like the quick little bylines, like you were together but incarcerated. That seems wild. So how did you guys even meet? Uh, actually, uh, we met through a mutual friend of ours. I was uh, home on leave uh, from uh, from the Navy uh, and ran into a uh, mutual friend uh, between Fox and I. And um, it was uh, one of those moments. I'm sure you've heard it said a million times before that it was love at first sight. Uh, it just took me the rest of the evening uh, to convince Fox that she was equally in love with me and should <laughs> run off and start a life with me. Uh, and, uh, I guess I won because now we're looking at almost 36 years later. And, uh, as they say, they're still together. (laughs) So let's talk then your first six months, your first year of marriage. Was it wedding bliss? Well, after 10 years of dating off again and on again and three children between us, Rob finally took me to the altar and took my hand in marriage. Yeah, if I hit over the head with a club, drove her, drug her into the <laughs> cave and said, woman, you're going to marry me. That sounds like, John, that sounds like Johnny and his wife's story. <laughs> <laughs> And so we had, um, here we were, um, 1997, April 24th of 1997, Rob had proposed. We weren't even dating at the time. And to be honest, for those, Holly, that maybe are, are giving up on love, I, in that moment, just thought that, you know, we both, he had a son, we had a son together, then I had a son from a previous relationship. It was just hard to even conceive that we would find our ways way back to one another after all of that. But we did. And um, and when he came back around, we were literally just best friends and parents. And he was um, and one night on a bridge, we were standing, went to a birthday party for a friend and we stood out on the bridge together. And it was just like um, a power that was higher than either of us. It was a fire that never died. 
Yeah, connected <laughs> us. And so by the time we made it home that evening, the fire was still lit. And, um, you know, I'm like, what are we doing here? I thought we were just like going to be roommates and parents. And, you know, um, and he says, well, you know, Fox, I've dated you long enough. Uh, I don't want to date you anymore. And I'm like, so what you saying? You want to get married? You know? <laughs> and he was like, um, yeah, I guess that's what I'm saying. And I was like, okay, well, when are you talking about, right? He says, um, Fox, I'd marry you tonight if I could. After wow. 10 years of dating off and on and us not having a conversation seriously about being married until that night, you can only imagine how my heart dropped. And I said, well, I'm busy tonight, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> And so the next day we found, we decided that we would elope because we wanted to buy a house and, you know, mm. really start our family off right. And, um, and, um, we went to found a, a wedding chapel in Kissimmee, St. Cloud, Florida, um, drove down, left our kids with our sister-in-law and brother-in-law, mm -hmm. um, drove down to Kissimmee, St. Cloud, Florida. What was the cutest little white chapel you'll ever want to lay eyes on? Yes. Um, we got married and then, um, spent the day at, um, Disney. Disneyland, uh, riding the rides and having fun. And that evening we bungee jumped to consummate our marriage. So it was just like a whirlwind of joy and, you know, in. just all at the same time. And then six months after, you know, through six months of marriage, we come back home. We, you know, we bought our house. We started our business. You know, everything is looking up. And then Murphy's Law happens. We uh, found out that the, the dream home that we had purchased um, had a cracked foundation. And the addition that they, the previous owner put on the roof was done so um, poorly that it, rained it like the first big rain came it through flooded. and it flooded the entire mm. house out um and so it wasn't just a matter of fixing the roof but that the whole structure had to be redone um from that point uh we with our business we realized that we were novice and we had opened our business and broke the three main rules of business location 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 we had opened a hip-hop clothing store which was our dream in an industrial part of our city and we mm. would have to stand out in the middle of the street to try to get people to come in and even <laughs> know that we were there we would just happen to get open we never thought about where you're opening at. uh after that um i was teaching as an adjunct professor at the university um and a couple of months after rob and i married they terminated the the division that I was in, the program that I was in. So then I was unemployed. If that's not enough, the investor that we had for the business um, that was supposed to help us as we tried to grow past our location era uh, pulled out on us at the last moment. And then mm. if that wasn't enough, our son, our baby boy, started having seizures that the doctors couldn't diagnose. Um, so you talk about the first six months of our marriage, and that's what it looked like, uh, Holly and Johnny. So I remember Rob asking me in that moment when we found ourselves when we found ourselves facing 297 years in prison trying to regain financial solvency. Rob asked me, he says, well, Fox, uh, we made a vow for better or for worse. Did you think that the better was going to come first? Valid question. Yeah, I thought I'd at least get a good, you know, <laughs> solid 10. They said a seven year itch, not seven month itch, you know? And so oh. I thought we'd at least have some, some good times under our belt before all of the torrential rains came pouring in. And it just didn't happen like that. So I would say also to young married couples that, you know, the, the good doesn't always come on the front end and you can't expect that. Just know that the good is love and love is the good and that it is the foundation that can carry you through every other challenge that you have in your life. 
I can't imagine. That's just like seven months. I'm not, yeah, I'm calling it quits. <laughs> right, right. I mean, Oh, maybe I did something wrong here. My girlfriend uh, came over a couple of weeks ago and she says, we were telling her our, our union story and how it all began. She says, wow, six months? That must have been an incredible six months. I was <laughs> like, you know, it was so incredible. It was so good that I would spend the next 21 years and four days to, trying to get it back. Mm-hmm. When you were told that you were going to spend I, how many, however many years it was in prison, did you think that you would ever get out? Oh, we knew we would get out. We had to know that. If Mm -hmm. we didn't know that, then that means that we would have known we would have had to accept that Rob was going to die there because Mm. of the amount of time that they gave him. It was a practical life sentence. It was 60 years in prison. It wasn't the kind of knowing that comes with it uh, with a good time date that says after you do so much amount of time in prison, uh, behave a certain kind of way and then you're going to discharge. It was more so of the one that allows you to get dressed the way that each of you got dressed today. Yesterday, you laid those clothes out, not knowing that tomorrow would even come. But Mm. the fact is, is that you've witnessed enough yesterdays to make plans for tomorrow that you have no promise of seeing. So uh, it's it's an act of faith. Uh, And we uh, we we acted uh, we acted uh, out of faith. So what you experience uh, through the documentary and as you turn the pages of the books uh, is just that it's it's an act of faith. Every page, every day is an act of faith. Every hour uh, is an act of faith when you're living under the circumstances uh, that our family uh, was living under for 21 years and four days. Let's talk about the faith. When did your faith in God begin? Man, uh, Holly, to be honest with you and Johnny, um, I would have to say that it happened for me uh, the moment that I got in the backseat of the police car, Um, Mm -hmm. understanding that after I got into the backseat of the police car, that was after having entered a bank, jumping over the counter and uh, demanding cash from the uh, tellers uh, behind it to running out of the bank uh, in a frenzy and being shot at by police officers and then finally being captured and then placed into the backseat of a police car uh, while my nephew, who was my co-defendant on the uh, case was still at large, um, you know, and sirens are, are, are blaring everywhere. I'm watching as uh, my wife is passing by in the distance. And I'm uh, in that moment realizing how, boy, I had really screwed this up. Uh, it was like all of my life had flashed before me in that moment. And in that moment, I realized not only how much trouble I was in, but also how much trouble I potentially could have placed myself uh, considering all of those circumstances. And it was in that moment um, that I guess that you can hear tell uh, uh, when Joe uh, faced with his own afflictions uh, to no fault of his own, uh, you know, question and ask God, you know, what is this all about? You know, when Jesus was on the crowd on, on the cross and had to ask a similar question, God, what is this all about? Or Joseph, you know, the first person that we see that go into a, a state of incarceration uh, in the Bible surely had to be asking himself, how did I ever get sold down this road right here? Right. But uh, in all of the cases, uh, apostasy is something that happens when we totally turn away uh, from our faith or we turn away uh, from our convictions. But unlike uh, but like Job, like Joseph, like Jesus. Wow. They're, all of their names start with J. I just <laughs> caught that in the moment. Y'all bear with me. <laughs> but in the moment, I realized that none of them let go of the faith. They questioned but never let uh, never let go of their faith. And it was much of the same for me. It was in that moment that I came to the realization, why not me? 
So when it, when it comes to getting out, how much of an adjustment is there from going into a life of every day you're told when to eat, when to get up, when to, and now all of a sudden you have this freedom that you are able to experience something that you haven't experienced in 21 years and four days. Man, uh, again, it is um, a uh, an amazing uh, uh, feat, you know, when you think about it. Uh, based on our 13th Amendment to the Constitution, both state and federal, in you know, the United States. in the United States, we look at it and we understand that uh, slavery has been abolished in our country, uh, except uh, if you've been duly convicted of a crime. So going from 21 years and four days of being incarcerated to now being returned to my family on 40 years of uh, of parole, uh, where I still have to report and where I still have a curfew and I still have to do community service, even though I've spent the last 21 years and four days of my life working for four cents an hour, it's like going from slavery to sharecropping. You got to mm-hmm. figure that the moment that I went into prison in 1997, they had just created Windows 95 two years prior to my space had become a thing. and was no longer a thing by the time I came home. Yeah. So uh, you used to flag at the gas attendant and say, hey, buddy, turn the pumps on. Yeah. When I came home, the pumps were talking to you and I was trying to figure out how in the hell to get gas in my car. You know, so uh, I had the same communication issues that people would probably have if they have been forced for many years to not be able to read. And reading would be a, a violation or would be contraband books being contraband technology for people that are uh, that are cast away inside of prison walls. Uh, it is like having no books. It's like not being able to speak the language of the people uh, that you dwell among. Being illiterate. So, so when I came home, I was socially illiterate, you know, and I had, I had to figure it out. I had to learn. You're going through all of this and, and you, you come out of it. And, and now you have, I mean, a documentary, you have a book, you're working on a campaign trail to be the next president. It's like, you, there's, there's nothing that you guys can't do. What, how was the book release? Cause we're, we're looking back now a couple weeks. How was the book release for you guys? It was absolutely, I think Rob and I just had to hold each other's hand and mm. think about, wow, you know, kind of felt like the night we consummated our marriage by bungee jumping, you know, um, it is just, it has been so powerful to see when two are united as one, what the power of that oneness can do, what that power of that oneness can overcome. Yeah. Um, and so we pause for a moment to watch the people around us and just thinking about, you know, how we spent the in, almost the entire year writing the book. And I can see why people don't write books every day. It is so much work. <laughs> yeah. And then when you talk about a memoir, who do you want to include? What do you want to say? How is that person going to feel when you speak your truth about your mm. experience in regards to them? Um, And especially when you calculate in Louisiana's criminal justice system and having the fortitude, the courage to share what your experience is or have been, um, knowing that you very well can face repercussions for what your truth is, because not everybody's going to be happy with what you have to say about this system. Um, so that's another level of boldness that you have to be ready to endure the con- the repercussions of. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is intimidating. It is 
it's intimidating. It is um, breathtaking. It is daunting. Daunting. It was, you know, just um, another gift from God. And all I could say mm. was that if you bought me this far, then I'm going to trust you to protect me mm. and guide us through the rest of this. Um, but our hopes is that people will be able to sit with our truth. It's one thing to watch the movie and the visuals, but it's another thing to sit with our words, our thoughts, our prayers, our hopes, our hopes for our children, um, our hopes that raised from the pits of hell when I was incarcerated and Rob were, was incarcerated. Um, it is, um, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful piece. And I don't just say it because we've written it. I say it because it uh, has allowed us to see the power of God in our own lives and to be able to share that power um, of love of God um, and what God has done for us on our journey. I know that if it's possible for us, it's possible for your listeners out there that are struggling with the same affliction, whether it's incarceration, whether it is drug abuse, whether it is um, um, health issues, whether it's financial crisis. Um, or relationships. Yeah, love conquers all. Well, it's interesting, too, because you were incarcerated. However, a lot of people are walking free, but also incarcerated. They're in their own kind yeah. of prison. And yes, you know, freedom can come in all different shapes and uh, different ways. And so it's just, there's so many parallels that I think a lot of people can draw from your experience and just applying it to their own personal prison. That's yeah. right. That's right. Well said, Holly. Sometimes I say smart things. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just got to be a part of something. <laughs> oh my goodness. I want to know though. I mean, Fox, you are now in politics. From prison to <laughs> politics. How is the second, second book? One, Holly. Here we go. <laughs> Johnny, we got to get her a book deal. <laughs> How does that happen? Holly, I've been in politics my whole life. Um, the only way that I understood, you know, our politics means that you are making laws. And mm -hmm. our laws are what impacts our quality of life and our society. And so if I wanted to change the quality of life that my family was experiencing, then I had to do it by changing the policies and the laws. And so I have spent the past 20 years of my life at the state capitol advocating for quality of life issues for families. And so to me, this is really more of a just natural step to now get a vote that I can cast instead of asking somebody to vote for me mm -hmm. um, um, to file a bill on my behalf. Now being able to take the things that I find important and offer that legislation myself and file it and then work to make it law. Um, I just, um, it's 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 always been a part of who we are because that's where the change is. And so we can't sit on the side and complain about whatever is going on in our society. We got to get engaged. And I knew that, you know, as I said in the documentary time, after I had retained the last high price lawyer, I clearly understand that if Rob was coming home, it was going to be totally up to me. I was going to have to figure that out. Nobody else was going to come in and do it for us. And that's what we did. He studied law and he'd give me the law he had studied. And I would mm. go and try to get the law passed. It's easy for someone to do nothing. And you both chose to do something in the hills and valleys of life. You know, there we ask God that question. Why me? Why are you using me in this way? Or why do I have to go through this? Can you guys think of a moment where you ask that question? God, why me? When I was in that prison um, with 75 other women with open showers and open toilets, 
many women who had been sentenced to decades of time in this small parish um, jail that was housing state um, offenders. And I looked around that dorm room with these women and we are all at the lowest rung of life in our society. And I said to myself, God, why me? I'm a college educated woman. I'm, you know, I don't have these issues, that issues. Why did you send me here? I know people that have done far more than I have and got probation. They didn't go to prison. So I know if I'm here, you you got a purpose for me being here. And from the moment I stepped foot in there, I opened myself up to say, why? What is the, I had to search for the meaning and the suffering, Holly. And for me, I was saying that maybe it's because I thought about when they talked about Jesus coming into a city. That was my revelation. And I said that, you know, uh, I've heard tell that when Jesus just came into a city, that the whole energy was different and everybody knew that Jesus was there just from the presence. And so I said, if I'm here, then I want the energy here to reflect that I'm here. I want to be a reflection of Jesus in this atmosphere that let my light so shine unto man so that maybe I can bring some of these women, give them some of my hope, give them some of my love and elevate their path on this dark journey. And that's what I did a couple of days after being in prison. I stood up on the top of the bunk and said, I'm a motivational speaker in in society. So um, uh, I figured if anybody could use a good motivational a word it's us in the year and i stood up Damn. and gave my my first uh message and and from that point what on your message you gotta give oh uh, my message was humpty dumpty because <laughs> <laughs> early i was listening to a church service and the pastor had preached about humpty dumpty and i was like that's a pretty good word and so i took that word you know um mixed it, it in with a little gumbo and uh delivered that message later on that evening to the women in my dorm room and um the message was is that humpty dumpty uh, couldn't be put back together again but since we're God's children mm. unlike Humpty Dumpty we can put our lives back together again you know we can pick up the pieces of our lives and we can put them back together again and that's what God has done for us amazing Rob what about for you you talked about your why not me moment was that tied into your well, why me moment and my why me moment Holly uh was on a daily basis I mean when mm. you wake up in a place and as Fox may mention you share all of the uh, places that used to be, you know, places that you didn't have to share. You know, you didn't have to share your toilet. You didn't have to share your sink and, you know, all of those things. But when you uh, are in a house uh, or housed in an area where there are more than uh, 100 men in one in one dormitory and there are 500 of us on a pod and there are 2000 of us on a unit and there are 6000 of us in the entire population and we're all competing uh, for the same things that are basically in um in 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 small quantity, it creates a level of frustration. It creates a level of despair. It creates a level of hopelessness. It creates all of the necessary recipe uh, items needed for destruction. And when you wake up every day of your life like that, um, you know, men screaming and yelling in the middle of the night because someone is uh has uh has warmed up hot water and put uh after uh not aftershave but magic shave in the concoction because they intend to do the person harm. I'm talking about a, a deep level of harm. Uh, when you find men that carve out knives, you know, from uh, from steel and metals, and then you hear, you know, the metals clacking in the middle of the night when it's dark in space because they're at war, they're in conflict with one another. 
um, this is these these are scary moments, you know, and they are they are life trying kind of moments. And when you wake up in that type of chaos on a day to day basis, um, every day, second moment, you're always asking, why me? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's uh, it's only through the asking of why me that the answers even start to come in. So you start, as Fox made mention, you start to find meaning in your suffering. Uh, she delivered to me uh, one of my first books was uh, by uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Victor Frankel, uh, who was uh, housed in a, um, in a, in a concentration camp, camp uh, many, many, many years ago. Um, but in it, the book was entitled uh, Man's um, Search, for, Search meaning. for Meaning. And uh, in it, he just shared with me a lot of words uh, and, and thoughts that I needed in my moment because I was also asking, much like Viktor Frankl, uh, much like Nelson Mandela, and many of the other people who have been confined in spaces like this, why me? And then in the why me, being delivered the answers, and then hence finding their purpose uh, and meaning uh, for the suffering in their life. And I guess it's the thing that, uh, you know, that it's in those darkest of places uh, that God performs uh, performs his miracles, you know, and it's from there that you're able to walk out of those places. If you've had a chance to see the documentary and you see me wearing the shirt that says never give up, understanding the story even behind that, you got to go to the book for that one in order to get that part of the story. I'm not going to share that with you. <laughs> But no understanding that, right? <laughs> but understanding that that T-shirt had been created over a decade prior to me wearing it out of the prison, but it was only to to speak uh, to the declaration that I had, you know, had had made, and that was is that I would never die here. Uh, that I'm gonna leave this place one day, and when I leave this place, I'm gonna wear this shirt to reveal to all of the world that I trusted and believed in God through my darkest of moments. Mm-hmm. And true to his word uh, or her word, I was delivered. You better mm-hmm. preach. Yes. Amen. Uh, time. The doc on Amazon Prime. The book is available now. Foxandrob.com at Fox and Rob on the socials. You two. Uh, I'm so glad that we were finally able to make this happen. Thank you for taking some time and uh, sharing your heart today. Yes. Thank you. Thank you all for having us. I know that it wasn't supposed to be, or maybe it was supposed to be motivational, but I feel like I could run through a wall now talking to those two. <laughs> I know, right? I was so encouraged. It's kind of right? like, what can I do next? <laughs> right? Like, how do you spend that amount of time apart from each other and still come out of it the other side stronger? And what I love, too, is that they're tag teaming it. He's reading, he's finding things out, then he's going to to Fox, and she's like, okay, I'm going to do that. And they're just, it's they're a great one-two combination. I know, they're a dynamic duo. They're superheroes, and they didn't even know it. Seriously. We appreciate uh, Fox and Rob, which uh, I mean, they sound like superhero names for taking some time. We've been we've been trying to get that done for the last little bit. And I mean, like you had said, they're so busy and, and flying and driving and everything. So it's yeah. cool that we finally were able to get that done. And I'm excited to check out their video that is on, they said, Amazon Prime. Yes. Which rhymes with time. Yeah. So yeah. it's easy to remember. And yeah. um, just wishing them all the best as they pursue God's passion uh, in their own hearts. Amazon Prime, time, which rhyme? <laughs> Poet, didn't know it. Oh, my Lord. I'll see myself Thank you to out. everybody who uh, subscribes, whether it's Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, 
YouTube, wherever it is that you download. And then we also have all of our socials, Holly. Exactly. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and yes, newly to the YouTube. Hmm. And uh, we're working on um, just uh, bringing that up to speed too, because we've got so much video that we want to show you guys yeah. as well. So uh, check it out. Stuff will be releasing slowly over the next few months. That's good. So check out that rate, review, tell friends, family members, and complete strangers. And also go to faithstrongtoday.com. Yeah.